Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for an opportunity to worship you in giving. And now, as we look into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts, that we will grow thereby. We thank you and honor you for all these things. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are into our fourth episode of our series entitled Advent. Our opening statement for today is John's message prepared people for Jesus' arrival, which would bring peace. John's message prepared people for Jesus' arrival, which would bring peace. When we started off in episode number one, we started off with the explanation of what Advent represented and what it is and where it came from and why it is still practiced today. Then we talked about in episode number two, the unveiled promise for hope. Last week we talked about the, transform, the transformative joy unleashed as a part of Advent. And today we're going to talk about pioneer peace in Advent. Pioneer peace in Advent. So let's look at some definitions. The first one is Advent. Advent is a, a coming. Appropriately, the coming of our Savior and in the calendar, it includes four Sundays before Christmas. Next, let's talk about a pioneer. A pioneer is one that goes before to remove obstructions or to prepare the way for another. And finally, our final definition for this week is peace. Peace is freedom from agitation or disturbance by the passions as from fear, terror, anger, anxiety, or the like. It's quietness of the mind. It's tranquility. It's calmness. It's quiet of conscience. And we are going to look at this I know a lot of people are wrapped around that the Advent is focusing on Jesus, but there is some preparatory things that were executed for his coming. And in like manner, there are some things that need to be executed for his return. Let's jump to, we're going to jump to a couple of scriptures. Let's start with Isaiah, the ninth chapter, and the sixth and seventh verses. This is one that is said a lot of time during this time of the year. Isaiah, the ninth chapter, starting at the sixth verse, and it says this. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. 
from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Stay in the book of Isaiah, but jump over a couple of chapters to chapter number 40, verse number 3. It says this, A voice cries, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. And uneven ground shall be become level, and the rough places a plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Let's jump across many centuries to the book of Luke, the third chapter which will bring, kind of bring all this together. Starting at the first verse of Luke 3, it says, In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, and Herod being Tachyarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip Tachyarch of the region of Atria and Triconius and Lacerian Tachyarch of Abilene. There's a lot of names for y'all to know in that one, wasn't it? During the high priesthood of Ananias and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of Isaiah, the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall become straight and the rough places shall become level ways and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. He said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, you brought of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits in keeping with repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now, the axe is laid to the roots of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowd asks, what then shall we do? And he answered them, whoever has, two <coughs> whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none. And whoever has food is to do likewise. Tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, collect no more than you are authorized to do. Soldiers also asked him, and we, what shall we do? And he said to them, do not exhort money, extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusation and be content with your wages. As the people were in expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ. John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His willowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. 
but the chaff, the chaff, he will burn with unquenchable fire. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will rest and resonate upon the soul of our heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I know you just said, boy, that's a lot of reading. But I want to help set up this background because we're going to look at this one a little bit different. Remember, we're talking about being a pioneer of peace. Being a pioneer of peace. And so the, 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 the story of John the Baptist in and of itself sets us up to understand how God always provides information before he provides the situation. He provides you with information. He prepares you for what it is that he's getting ready to execute. And it shows how in John, when John came and started talking about the baptism of repentance, repentance means to change your mental direction, change your mind from going to from one direction to a new direction. So his baptism, this, this event that they were being immersed into water for was that I'm changing my mind. And as you heard in Luke how everybody would come to him. Now, one of the points I, I, I wanted to bring out about this today is think about this. Rome was occupying Judea at the time, and the only soldiers that they had were Roman soldiers. So even the Romans were being plucked or being touched by this declaration that John was making. And so he was saying, we got to get ready for the kingdom of heaven. No one is exempt in this preparatory requirement to get ready for the kingdom of heaven. And one of the things, one of my little side notes as I was doing, looking over this, I was thinking about is, it's so people so easily want to put you in a box and, and, and define you, but because they said, well, John must be the Christ. And John was like, no, I ain't the one. Don't, don't try to put that on me. I'm just the one that is telling you to prepare for the one that is coming. But a lot of times we don't want to deal with the fact that we don't know everything, so we try to quantify it within ourselves so that we can say Oh, this is what this is. Instead of listening and hearing what is being said. John came and he wanted to provoke this, this, this emergency that there's a crisis in our lives. We're missing something. And the, and the quality that we're missing is peace. We're missing this peace because we got the Romans up in here. We're fighting with one another. We got all these things going on, and we realize that we need peace. Peace is something that we need because it removes from us 
these arguments, these, this hatred, this trying to be above one another. As you heard, a, a tax collector who was considered the lowest of the lows was even coming to be baptized to, into the mind-change situation. And they said, well, what do we do to reveal that we've changed? He said, only collect what you are authorized. So if John's saying collect only what you authorize, that means before time you was doing what? Collecting more than what you're supposed to. And how many of us have gotten involved with things and, and they, they uh, uh, just ran through my mind. I can't remember which episode or which uh, Superman it was, but the <coughs> Superman that had Richard Pryor in it. This is really old. And Richard Pryor was a computer programmer. And he figured out that people were, uh, based upon their time, because they were getting paid by the hour, were having half cents obtained uh, during their time. So what he did is he created a program that gathered all the half cents together and put them in his special account. And he didn't realize how much money it was. And, and Richard Pryor was not smart enough not to spend all the money at one time. So. Somebody said, hey, we're missing a little bit of money. And all of a sudden, he come in in this hot rod driving in. They said, I think we know what has happened. Because that greed, what it does, it focuses on us inwardly. And it only wants to fulfill what it feels is the best thing for how it feels. Doesn't care about anybody else. It doesn't wrap itself around anybody else. But it also does not allow you to be at peace. So we see that when we hear that John is starting his ministry, it's not in the biggest cathedral. It's not even in the center of town. It ain't even in, even in the suburbs. It's in the country country. It's in the so far country that they call it the wilderness. Yeah. But the word that he was declaring had such a clarion call that what it did is it not only stayed in the wilderness, but it went all the way to the center of town because tax collectors ain't go out in the wilderness. Soldiers didn't go out in the wilderness. Hardly nobody, but they were being drawn by the declaration that John was making. So, so we would say that John was a pioneer of evangelism. He is the one that would, went forth and, and established a trail on how it's done. And it wasn't him running around trying to find people. It was him making a declaration. And as he, he was making a declaration that people were coming to hear what he had to say. So this Advent then becomes a call to us to embrace the freedom that God has for us. John was calling them to come forward. Come, come, come and go through this process of repentance as the promise is on the way. In like manner, we have typology, in, a, in the midst of typology, become 
a type of John as people. That we should be declaring, making a clarion call, not trying to go find the people, but just making the declaration. And as we lift up the name of Jesus, as we lift him up, the Bible says that all men will be drawn. So we should be proclaiming that Jesus is coming back. And we also should know that we are participants in preparing the way of his return. In your preparing for Jesus to return, are you helping to make the crooked path straight? Are you making them more crooked? Are you being an example of how Jesus works in your life? Or are you validating how other folks are living without Jesus? What are you doing in your pioneering of your setting up, of your removing obstacles for people to see Christ in you, the hope of glory, so that they may have hope that the promise is coming, so that they can have peace that even though they're going through situations right now, that it's going to be all right. It's time for us to accept our personal responsibility. I know that's a cuss word in this society. Our personal responsibility in the matters of salvation, in the matters of redemption, and in the matters of proclaiming the message. I'm not, I'm not good at talking, but you're good at living. So live instead of trying to go through all these schools and all these courses on how to communicate. Just live the life that God has called for you to live according to his word. And you will speak more volumes than a person standing in front of thousands of people. Live the life. Be the light so that people can see the light that is shining in you that they can hear the call for peace of your mind your body and your spirit because of what you are doing in your conduct that you are not speaking just repentance that you're showing a life of repentance that the things that you used to do before are not the things that you are doing today Jesus, I mean, uh, John the Baptist does not say, this is not what he says. He did not say, repent ye, and in this way the kingdom of heaven will afterwards be at hand. That's not what he said. But the first thing he brings forward is God's grace being manifest in our lives. And then he exhorts the men to repent. So what it is, is that God's mercy allows us to change our direction because the kingdom of heaven is already here. So because the kingdom of heaven is already here, it's not that we repent and bring the kingdom of heaven. It's we repent so that we change our mindset so that we can be re revealed or it becomes a revelation to us of what heaven is because it's already here.
And because heaven is already here, because God is already here, because his presence is already here, that means that peace is already here. But the thing is, is that we cannot resolve ourselves to rest in God's peace. Why? Because we decided that God's peace has to be the way that we want his peace to be. And if his peace ain't the way we want it to be, then we ain't got no peace. We want God's peace to be freedom from agitation or freedom from disturbances. But God's peace actually operates in the midst of disturbances and agitations. It is not, our desire is to be free from it, but God says the freedom comes from how we go through it, not how we avoid it. Y'all think about that next week. But it's sometimes we try to avoid situations because it's going to look like it's going to be sticky. But if God is leading you through to it, then that means he's going to take you through it. And if he's going to take you through it, all you have to do is trust in him. That we do not have to have fear. We don't have to have terror. We don't have to have anger. We don't have to have anxiety. But that we can have shalom, which means peace in Hebrew. And, and the meaning of shalom in Hebrew means this. That you are whole in your mind, your body, and your spirit. And the only way that you can find that wholeness is in Christ Jesus. That's why the peace, when Paul mentions this, it's a peace that passes our ability to understand it. That even in the midst of the storm, we still do not have terror or fear. Because we have confidence that God's going to do what he said he is going to do. Even in the midst of the storm. And so we have to realize that God's got us even when it looks like no one's on our side. God's got us even when it seems like all hope seems to have evaporated. God's got us. And when we can grab hold of that God has us, then it, nothing can overcome us. Makes me think about when people try to tease you because you don't have anything, they try to cause you to feel that it is a discrepancy or a deficiency in your life because you don't have. That's the whole thing beyond uh, about marketing. They set it up so that says you need to have this Lexus. You need, and oh, you got last year's? Oh, you behind times. You need to have the newest one. How come you don't have the newest one? Why don't you just do like the commercial and just take a toy and put it outside in the snow and in the morning it'll be a brand new Lexus for you? How come you're not doing that? Why, why don't you? Oh, you just, oh, you bought your Lexus at the beginning of the year? That's an old Lexus. Now it's old. Now you need to get a new Lexus. Why don't you have a new Lexus? Oh, you know that your neighbor's got a new Lexus. Well, how come you didn't get a new Lexus? And they, Try to cause you to feel 
as if you are missing out on something. But let me tell you, you're not missing out on anything if you have your hand, your mind, your spirit wrapped in and hearing the voice of the Lord. That's how you can have that peace. That's how you can have that peace. Reminds me of a rapper that I like named D1. D1 was bragging about that he had a 19, I think 1998 or 1997 Honda in 2017. And he said, that Honda ain't, ain't, is still running, so I'm still running. He said, now I do have a couple of dollars. God has blessed me to have a couple of dollars, but I'm content to have my Honda because it's still running. It's got 300,000 miles on it, and it's still running. I'm, I'm not missing out on anything. And if we can get that mindset that we can have peace no matter what everybody else is saying around us. And trust in the Lord and him only. We can be successful in our negotiation in examining, I mean not examining, but exampling who God is in our lives. We can be that pioneer that John was for the coming of the Lord. We can be the pioneer of saying, if you trust in God, he will cause things to happen in your life that nobody else could do for you. So what does this all come down to? This all comes down to this simple word. In order for us to have peace, we have to have salvation. There has to be a rescuing of, uh, oh, let me stop real quick. Salvation means to be rescued, to be delivered, to be saved, to be uh, 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 lifted out of. And what is it that we are working toward? Because if we are not working toward Having this daily salvific relief in our lives, then we will not really understand what peace is. There's three phases or three aspects to salvation. The first aspect is we are saved from the penalty of sin. We are saved from the penalty of sin. The Bible says it like this, and you hear this almost every Sunday that you tuned in to us or sat in here, that the wages of sin, the, the result of sin is death. However, in that same verse it says, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The second phase, the second aspect of this salvation process is we're saved from the power of sin. Saved from the power of sin. This is a continuous process that we go through and that's why we have to renew our mind because our mind helps us to overcome the power that sin tries to take over us. And then finally, the third aspect, the third phase of salvation is this. We are saved from the presence 
of sin. And that is what we're all working towards. That, as we're working out our own salvation, soul salvation with fear and trembling. As we're working toward this, we are working toward the result when sin is no longer present with us. We are in the presence of the Lord and celebrating the fact that we are part of God's family. So in order for us to talk about peace at Advent, we have to talk about salvation at Advent. Because Jesus' death is the only way that peace can come to anyone. Because without his death and his resurrection, Salvation is a moot point. It, it really has no relevancy. We have nothing to talk about. But because he did, because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we have a profound message of peace to proclaim. We can stand up and say, because of what Jesus done, has done, I now have peace. We discussed that the fact that a pioneer is that person that goes to prepare the way for another. That we are those pioneers of peace today. We are going through, going through the disturbances, going through the, 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 the disruptions, going through that with a mindset and an attitude that is causing people to say, I want to go through that just like him. I want to go through it just like her. Why? Because even in the midst of that, they did not wave. They did not fall or flounder. They just went straight through it as if nothing. Now, I'm, I'm telling you when you're going through, it's not going to feel like you, 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 your, your legs are underneath you. It's going to feel like you're a little shaky. But as you trust in God and knowing that he has this already worked out for you, that he's doing a perfect work in you, that he's working something out of you, that he's making you an example for others, you will realize, you will realize that God's peace has kept you throughout this whole situation. So in a way, we can say that we are the John of the second advent. John was the proclaimer of the first advent, which is the coming. And he was making the, 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 the proclamation of the coming of the savior of the world. And we are the second John who is now making the proclamation that Jesus is coming in order to Secure his kingdom. And both of us, John 1 or John 2, we must live a life that causes people to see Christ Jesus working in us. They are not just want to hear what we say, but they want us to live what we declare. So now, if you remember, we started off with this opening thought. That John's message prepared people for Jesus' arrival, which would bring peace. Which then causes us to go to this final thought. 
The world longs for salvation, for the coming of peace. When all is made right in our lives and in the world. So during Advent, we are called again to bring the foretaste of the Prince of Peace's salvation into our areas of influence. We are to, especially at this time, declare he came once, he's coming again. And we want to make sure that you are ready for that coming. Now, as I said before, there's three aspects to the salvation process. And this is not, uh, this is actually a literal step phase process. You can't go to three, then work down to two, and then work down to one. It has to go one, it has to go two, it has to go three. Again, number one is that you are saved from the penalty of sin. And in order for that to happen for you, you have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not a complicated, it's not a hard thing to do. The Bible says it like this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Again, saved means to be rescued, means to be delivered. That is what God wants for you. He wants you to be rescued. He wants you to be delivered from the penalty of sin, which is death. And the Bible even says that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you make the call, God will answer, and he will rescue you. But this is the other thing that, that I, I, I know folks get hung up on. That they... Got all these things. God wants you as you are. You cannot prepare yourself for salvation. You have to declare that it is something that you want now, how you are, even in your messed up, broke up, despicable, whatever other deplorable word that you want to, defecating, uh, defecating, defecating word that you want to use. Deprecating, not def. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> word that you want to use. God is there for you, and He wants you just as you are. And this is our thing here at God's House Christian Church. This is not an individual event. We believe this is a team sport. So what we want to do is, when you make that decision, we want you to let us know, and you can let us know either through email, through text. Let us know so that we can come alongside you and assist you along this journey. Again, this is not an individual event. We want to help you along this path no matter where you are in the world. We want to be there for you. Email us at info at godshousecc.com or you can text us at 864-920-0100. Let us know about your decision. We will come alongside you and assist you along this journey. Well, friends and family, that is episode number four. 
to pioneer peace in Advent. Be that person that is leading, that is showing the way, that is going forward, that has been an example of overcoming the obstacles, the distractors, those things that are trying to pull peace away from you, but showing that if you hold on to God, he will hold on to you in the midst of all the craziness. And we are happy for that. Well, next Sunday is going to be our fifth episode, our final episode, our episode that is going to talk about the word that we bounce around off everything all over the place. And we just use it so, so okay, I'm almost getting into my message. All right, the next word, the word next week is love. Y'all trying to think of the word? Yeah, we love everything. We love everything to the shoes, to the people. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm starting to get into my message. I'm, okay. All right. So until next week, come check us out next week, whether it be on Facebook or if you can come to Simpsonville, uh, South Carolina, 642 on a Sunday, next Sunday, 10 a.m. We'll be right here. Come along and celebrate with us. Or if you're watching this or on uh, YouTube, we just hope that you have a wonderful week and we declare God's blessings upon you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.